everyone. Welcome back to Capes and Japes. Um, I am having a little bit of a chaotic week. Uh, it's Thanksgiving, and also I have uh, a friend visiting from out of town. So if I seem a little discombobulated, it is because I have many, I have a lot of irons in the fire right now, as, as they say. Um, but it is not going to stop me from talking about comic books. Um, I have, once again, a character I realize I did not pitch to Briar before I decided it's fine. to we're, do it for we're the going episode. Al- I'm, I'm going along for the ride. Yeah, we're all along for the ride. Um, I thought that we should, um, talk about Madame Xanadu. Because we've covered a bunch of the other kind of DC magic adjacent characters. Um, but we haven't talked about her yet. And she crops up somewhat frequently. Um, and she is pretty relevant to some other characters we've talked about recently. So I thought we should talk about her. Um, Madame Xanadu is a fortune teller um she was created in 1978 um so she was designed uh by michael william kaluda um the first story she appeared in was written by david michelini but the concept of the character came from a dc editor Joe Orlando, um, and she was part of, uh, DC's kind of various horror anthology lines, or, like, horror-ish, like, it wasn't, like, exclusively horror, but, like, there were several different anthology comics that DC had that, uh, dealt in, you know, kind of horror-adjacent, occult-ish, supernatural stories. Um, and most of them had a host character, uh, who would, you know, be present kind of throughout as a framing device, so they would, uh, introduce each of the stories, um, and then show up at the end, like, you know, like Rod Serling in Twilight Zone, like, damn... That was crazy, huh? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, if, uh, you've watched or read Sandman, uh, you may or may not know that, uh, several of these kind of anthology hosts show up as recurring characters in The Dreaming in Sandman. So, uh, House of Mystery and House of Secrets were two um, of these books that were hosted by Cain and Abel. I forget which one is which, um, or which one hosted which. I was going to be like, Cain is the one that murdered, and Abel is the one that was murdered. No, I know that. (laughs) I know that one, but thank you so much. (laughs) Um, I I tried to read the Bible once, and that was one of the earlier stories. Oh, yeah. (laughs) you got that far and you're like all right that's enough bible for me um and uh lucian 
the librarian is another character who was like a horror host um who got uh gender bent into Lucienne in the Netflix series um and Madame Xanadu was another character like this um but unlike the rest of these characters who just uh like introduced these stories that largely like they had nothing to do with they were just telling you the story um Madame Xanadu herself was like a recurring character in the stories that she told like she wasn't usually the protagonist but she <laughs> was like kind of an inciting part of most of the stories she's like wanna um, hear some weird shit that i've seen <laughs> i have listen y'all i've been through some stuff um madam xanadu's like y'all want to hear what happened at the popeyes down on uh grand and third weird shit <laughs> it was so weird i saw it so um she was uh madam xanadu uh like i said was a uh a fortune teller so um like 99 percent of like cover art uh that she's in has like some sort of like tarot card imagery which I can't really be mad about because, like, it is great imagery, and I don't really get tired of it. But she does primarily use tarot cards as well as other various, uh, you know, fortune-telling accoutrement. And people would... The basis for most of the stories is that someone would come to her in her, uh, you know, little kind of psychic reading shop and ask for her help uh with a problem they were having um you know and try and get a reading um and the problem they were having would turn out to be uh supernatural in nature somehow you know like it was like they uh they were being uh possessed by a demon without knowing it or you know like that sort of thing and she would explain to them how to, you know, defeat or uh, contain or combat this kind of supernatural element. Um, in some cases, she would, like, help them do it, I think. And then in other stories, it would just be, like, she would tell them what to do. And then, you know, the story would be about them dealing with this problem and then coming back. Um, and then... uh at the end of most of the stories, there would be, like, some sort of, you know, occult trinket that, like, represented whatever the supernatural thing was. Like, oh, we, uh, you know, we contained the demon in this amulet. Or, like, oh, I found, you know, the, like, the bone that summoned the ghost or whatever. And, uh, she would, like, put it in a little jar and put it on a shelf in her, uh, fortune-telling parlor. Um, so that was how, like, kind of the structure went. Um, I should also say there's, there's a lot about Madame Xanadu's design, especially 
um, like, originally, but I think some of it has, like, persisted, um, that, like, draws a lot on, like, kind of, uh, Romani stereotypes, um, Big surprise. Big surprise. Uh, Yeah, if, you know, you know when you have a uh, fortune-telling character and they, uh, they gotta look like that. Um, Yeah, like, with, she, as far as anyone knows, she's not actually Romani. Um, Later on, she is, uh, she gets a backstory and she's like, definitely not. Um, so it is, uh, it is unfortunate. Um, there's definitely been redesigns that lean less into that element. And also she's like, she's not like a superhero, so she doesn't have like a costume. So you can just kind of draw her, you know, wearing whatever you want. So it's pretty easy not to do that. Um... But then but how would they know that she's a fortune teller? How we would they know? We must rely on terrible stereotypes so that people get the message. Yes, it's it's not apparent by the fact that she's, you know, holding tarot cards or, like, casting bones or, you know, anything like that. It's like, you gotta have the extremely stereotypical imagery. To understand. <laughs> How will people get our point if we're not racist? <laughs> How will people understand? They won't get it. Um, anyways, there's this one. I'm looking at a, a look she has right now that's, I, it seems like it's probably from, like, the late 80s where she's just wearing, like, kind of a sexy black dress and then a bunch of gold jewelry. Um, which I'm like, that's, that's fine. <laughs> like... You can do something like that. I don't mind if she's sexy. I I feel like it's you gotta it's comics, you gotta pick one you gotta pick one battle at a time. <laughs> Look, she can neither be racist or sexy. There's no in between. Simply none. Um no third option. Um so her like series that she is the host of was called uh Doorway to Nightmare. Um, the first issue came out in 1978. Um, and then there were like five issues of the Doorway to Nightmare series. And then she had some more stories in, uh, The Unexpected, which was a, another like horror anthology series. Um, and, uh, then she did, they she had like one kind of solo issue um that was uh it was like it was titled Madame Xanadu but it was basically just the same as like the the doorway to nightmare uh issues um that i i think was just like sold as a one off um it was apparently like uh an experiment that DC was doing where they uh provided the like they would be selling comics to like comic book stores but not to newsstands um which is pretty uh wild to to think about now um, 
but uh yeah so that those those were um the initial uh series after that um she i think the next time she shows up is in one of the uh one of the specter series um where she becomes a pretty significant character um it is after crisis on infinite earths um and it is so uh during crisis uh the the presence the christian god um <laughs> like uh ends up significantly diminishing the specter's power um because he did a bad job of stopping evil um and he uh he ends up um the the specter and jim corrigan end up being split again for a little while where like the specter is its own entity and jim corrigan is uh back to being a guy being a a guy um and like the specter would occasionally need to like return to jim corrigan's body to like sort of like rest <laughs> um got uh, hanging out with jim for the weekend yeah you know um everybody's got to recharge yeah they couldn't exist separately indefinitely but they could exist separately um and uh they end up reaching out to Madame Xanadu for help in, you know, uh, dealing with this and, like, making sure that they're, you know, able to coexist. Um, and... <laughs> and Madame Xanadu's like, what do I look like, a therapist? <laughs> yeah, come on. Uh, so she goes like, okay, there's, uh, there's this woman I know um, her name is Kim. Uh, I can hire her, or, like, you can hire her to be, like, your secretary for, like, you know, your detective work. Uh, and then she can also help to, you know, keep an eye on you, to, like, intervene if you ever, or, like, come to me for help if you guys are, like, separated for too long or something. Um, and, uh, you can come to me and I can kind of help, you know, you, like, figure out your sort of diminished powers, uh, and how to use them. Um, so she, uh... She literally creates a job for her friend Kim. Proud of her. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's feminism, baby. Um, um, it's like, they also find out that, uh, while, like, when the specter was like punished by christian god um the, he was like briefly kind of uh he was like for a little while he like wasn't strong enough to actually come back and madam xanadu was the one who like found jim corrigan's body and like magically preserved it until the specter was able to like come back and help uh, revive him um and she while, um, so while the Spectre and Jim Corrigan are 
separate entities. She kind of uh, develops sort of a mentor relationship with both of them but also she and the specter have like a like a weird um like a weird astral plane ghost sex scene um i okay yeah um Apparently a bunch of people wrote into the comic because they did not understand what was happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're like, she had sex with a ghost. What do you want from me? <laughs> Clear as day. It's right there on the page. You can see it. Um, he, um, they do, they become like kind of a, uh, sort of an ongoing romantic thing. Um, but it's, you know, obviously it's weird because the specter is a, a non-corporeal embodiment of God's vengeance. Um, <laughs> hey, some girls are into that. Some girls are into that. You know, no shame. Um, and also, apparently, they're like their weird ghost sex thing, like made both of them uh, magically stronger. Um, so okay. that's. Yeah, you know, sure. Um, so they, uh, she continues to show up in this version of the Spectre. Um, and, uh, you know, they help her on, like, a couple of occasions. They, like, help, you know, protect her, uh, her little fortune-telling shop from, like, people who are, like, coming to try and attack her to get to the Spectre. Um, and then, uh... Eventually, they, um, they sort of break it off with her, um, and, like, strike out on their own, um, and... Romantically, or... Both. Ah. I I think, I think all, in, in most of the ways, um, and then when she, uh, finds the two of them again... Um, she tells them that, so her, the, the secretary, her friend that she, uh, gave a job working for them, um, as well as, like, various other people who, like, Jim Corrigan had hired at his detective agency, um, were all just, like, beings that, like, she had created with, like, part of her soul, um, so they're not, they're not real. They're, like, magical, like, Seems weirdly manipulative. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, it's quite bad. Um, and that, uh, she like, did if it's it in just, order. if it's just the secretary, sure. But multiple people is multiple weird. Multiple people without telling him. Um, and, uh, she, uh, revealed that she did all this because, like, one to keep an eye on them and also to like keep them close to her because actually she doesn't care about Jim Corrigan or the Spectre um and she wants to take the Spectre's power for herself um so that she can uh become as powerful as she was before like at some point in the past she was way more powerful than she is now um and she wants to 
use the specter to uh reclaim that um and then she uh relatively briefly um like forcibly kind of like bonds with the specter and like becomes its new host um and <laughs> has a, a a a real like photo negative galadriel moment where she's like I'm going to use these powers to get revenge on all men for how they've treated women throughout history. <laughs> um, uh, uh, on one hand, uh-huh, girl boss. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the other hand, uh-huh, it's not great. <laughs> no, it's it's not. Um, so she, like, ends up uh kills a couple of people who were um doing misogyny um and then after that she has like a moment of clarity where she's like whoa this is actually not what i wanted um <laughs> that that spirit of vengeance hits real strong yeah when the, when that spirit of vengeance hits um and she uh releases the, the specter. She's like, how does Jim Corrigan do this? It, it, honestly, yeah. Like she releases the specter and then she's like, Hey Jim, I don't think I really respected the amount of effort you were putting into this. Um sorry about all of the lying and manipulation that I did. Fuck that up. Um, good luck with uh, with your whole thing. <laughs> Here's your ghost back. Have fun. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, um, bye. Yeah. Uh, she does. Um, she uh, like shows up somewhat in the Spectre after that. She does like help him with like um a few different things, kind of. <laughs> To clear the air between the two of them a little bit. Um, and then after that, she, uh, shows up in a few various, um, again, she's, like, one of those characters who people will come to when they have, like, a magic problem. Um, so she shows up in, like, some, you know, Suicide Squad stuff, some, uh like, Justice League stuff, I think they, like, come to her with, like, a magic issue. Um, she obviously interacts with, like, other magical characters of the DCU, so she has, like, uh, you know, she has some kind of history with John Constantine, because who doesn't? Um, she's like, he definitely stole from me before, and Constantine's like, uh, no, that doesn't sound like me. <laughs> um... She also has, like, a, uh, sort of, like, somewhat antagonistic relationship with the Phantom Stranger, um, where she just, like, doesn't quite trust him, um, but they're also, like, in most situations, they're, like, working towards the same goals, um, she just doesn't like his vibes, <laughs> um, there's one, I think it's, like, a later version, but there's, like, one 
version of the Spectre backstory, um, where it turns out that she, like, kind of, uh, I think, like, she saw that Jim Corrigan was going to die, um, and, like, either, like, the Phantom Stranger, like, wanted her to do something about it, and she didn't, or, like, she, like, could have, like, told the Phantom Stranger, but she didn't, um, and, uh, then, you know, Jim Corgan ends up becoming the Spectre, and she's like, oh, shit, oh, oh, no, oh, jeez, oh, I should have done something about it, now the Spectre's here, (laughs) and is kind of a a dangerous individual, um, beans, ah, jeez, and then I think that gets, like, kind of retconned to be, like, why she takes an interest in the Spectre is because she feels responsible for the Spectre being on Earth in the first place. (laughs) Um, also in, uh, Day of Vengeance, which is the, uh, the story where the Spectre, um, is going around, uh, trying to destroy all of magic, um, he is not able to kill Madame Xanadu. Again, just a lot of people that the Spectre is not actually able to kill. Um, but he, uh, he, like, burns out her eyes, um, so that she can't, uh, read her tarot cards anymore. Um, and then she does kind of, like, find a, um, like, a she, like, trains a young psychic to, like, read the cards for her so she can interpret them, um, but (laughs) she is not able to, uh, use magic to get her eyes back, and I think she, like, she is, uh, still not able to, like, up until New 52, and then when everything gets rebooted, it's like, she's, she can see again. Um, A miracle. Wow. Um, she also at uh one point makes a uh a deal with a demon who gives her like three sort of like demon henchmen uh and she's like sweet and then the demon henchmen start like um like obeying her you know cuz it's a demon deal it's like they obey her like too much like they respond to like all of her like thoughts and emotions even if she doesn't actually want them carried out and then she has to you know learn to uh (laughs) control her thoughts and emotions better um i think she has those for a little bit but i assume they also go away when uh everything gets rebooted um in the like late 2000s um so from like 2008, I think up until New 52, um, she has a solo series, um, for sort of the first time, um, and in the solo series, they, uh, reveal that she has, uh, been alive since, uh, Arthurian times, and that she is Nimue, um, and she's also the sister of, uh, Morgan Le Fay, um, who is a recurring supervillain 
in DC Comics. So, but, but who is also the, like, Arthurian Morgan Le Fay. Um, just, you know, you know how comics do this. Yeah. Uh, um, so she, uh, was Merlin's, uh, Merlin's lover. Um, and she tries to, uh, imprison him because she thinks he's a danger to Camelot. Uh, and then he retaliates by casting a spell on her, which, uh, takes away her magic. Um, and then the, like, solo series kind of follows her throughout history, basically, and, like, all of the various, uh, you know, positions that she's held. Um, she, uh, gains her name of, uh, Madame Xanadu because, uh, she is an advisor to, uh, Kublai Khan, um, in Xanadu, um, or Shangdu is its actual name, um, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know how these things go, um, but, uh, she also, uh, she's eventually able to regain, like, full immortality. So before this, she, like, didn't have magic, and she was, like, using, uh, potions to basically make herself immortal. Um, and she's able to get, uh, some of her power back, um, as well as her actual immortality by playing a card game with uh, death of, uh, of the Sandman fame, um, and, like, using her tarot cards to, like, beat death, and (laughs) death is like, oh, I I guess you get to be immortal now. Oh, yeah, congratulations. Oh, congratulations, have fun. Um. She's like, thanks, I will, and then, like, 50 years later, it's like, shit. Ah, jeez, ah, this is, this is not what I thought. Um, she also, um, I think in this series, she has a, um, relationship with, uh, Zatara, um, and she, uh, well, one, it it doesn't work out because, uh, she looks into the future and she's like, oh, you're gonna have a daughter and, uh, your daughter's actually gonna be the most important thing in your life and I don't want to get in the way of that. But then she also, like... (laughs) uses him as like part of this like this uh scheme where she uh accident she like doesn't tell the phantom stranger about the specter um and then uh the specter the specter happens she's like oh no the specter um so zatara is not super happy with her for that decision um so in um that's sort of her like solo series um in the new 52 uh she shows up as like mostly in relation to uh Etrigan the demon um who we have also talked about at some point um and they sort of rework her backstory where, um, Jason Blood, um, Etrigan's, you know, human 
vessel. Um, a lot of these was, guys have human vessels, huh? Yeah, they they love it. Um, they uh, uh, Jason Blood was like a scribe to Merlin um, at Camelot, um, and they had like a romance, and she they got separated because uh, like. Madame Xanadu was, like, supposed to go to, uh, Avalon with, uh, the body of King Arthur, and she refused because she wanted to, like, be alive, um, and so she just sort of, like, ran off, and then she ended up, uh... (laughs) Yeah, don't you hate it when you die, and somebody's supposed to go with you, but they don't want to die? They wanted to continue living. How um, selfish. I know. Um, and then... Could you uh, imagine if, like, you and a guy kind of knew each other, and then, like, a couple centuries later, y'all find out that you're both immortal, and you reconnect, <laughs> and you're like, holy shit, you two? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, you reconnect, you find out you're both immortal, um, also, one of you is extremely possessed by a demon now, and you're like, hmm. Um, so there's a, uh, I think the three of them have kind of a, um, like an ongoing series or a mini series together about them. But the three of them, I guess, like, sort of the <laughs> Poly- two of them. Polyamory negotiation. The series. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I if think only. There's... Gods, could you imagine? <laughs> hey, DC, I have a great pitch. Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, it's oh, D- Demon Knights is what it's called. Is the series about um her traveling around with uh Jason Blood and Etrigan, and it like follows them during the uh Middle Ages, and they meet some other you know immortal characters. Um, and she is <laughs> dating Etrigan and Jason at the same time. Um, and it's, like, sort of ambiguous as to, like, how much of it is genuine and, like, how much of it is, like, her trying to, like, you know, keep things calm so that Etrigan doesn't, you know, become extremely evil. Um... <laughs> Who's to say? Um, and then she also, um, she shows up outside of that. She, uh, continues to show up as kind of, you know, a go-to, like, magical advisor type character. Um, she's part of, I think, Justice League Dark. Um, or she, I... I don't think she's, like, a member of the team, but I she, like, you know, is kind of a recurring character, I think. Um, and then I'm not sure if she, uh, has been around in Rebirth or not. Um, I, I feel like she probably has, because there's been, like, a lot of magic stuff going on. Um, but I can't remember if I've seen her in anything. So, who is to say? Um, oh, she is, um, 
She is also bisexual because she does date a woman at some point in her uh or her like solo series uh and you know obviously it's comic so it ends very badly and tragically um but diversity win i guess <laughs> diversity win this bi woman is terrible at relationships god honestly oh god can you Imagine somebody walking into, like, Madame Xanadu's shop, and she's like, oh, what can I help you with today? And something magic, you know, possession, etc., etc., and they're like, no, no, um, so you, like, dated the specter and Etrigan the demon, right? <laughs> um, my boyfriend's also kind of possessed and i was wondering if you had any advice <laughs> and she like starts explaining and they're like i realize now that i've come to the wrong place <laughs> i bid you good day madam <laughs> i should not take your advice <laughs> thank you maybe i'll just do the opposite of whatever you say maybe that'll work out she like gets to the part about like oh yeah uh and then i took a I, like, took the specter's power and forcibly, like, made myself his host. And they're like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> that should, that feels like a crime, and I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm not going to tell the cops or anything, but, uh... Because what would I'm, they do? Gonna... What would they do? What would the what cops will... do about this? <laughs> what do the cops I, do I... about anything? Love to know. Cops. Oh boy. <laughs> Jim Corrigan's like, yeah, what would the cops do? Hmm? Hmm. God. Uh, gods. I mean, gaslight gatekeep girl boss. <laughs> yeah. As always, you do you do have to respect it. Um that um that was all I had to say about Madame Xanadu, I think. Um, did you have anything you wanted to discuss? Uh, no, I didn't read comics, because I, I was planning on it, and then, um, I started working on some, uh, holiday projects for my co-workers, and then I was like, okay, well, I'll just read, like, something right before recording, and then I had to do some DMV stuff online. And then I was like, I don't want to look at words anymore. <laughs> so that I kept working on craft projects. Yeah. So, you know, it's fine. Maybe next week. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. It's going to be busy at work. I don't think I'm going to want to do anything. <laughs> Honestly, I... Relatable. This this week at work is rough. <sighs> Did you read anything? I did read, um, I did, uh, as I think I've mentioned, I got the, uh, recent, uh, Sabretooth miniseries from the library, which I had previously read, I think, like, two issues of, and then I fell off of it, and then I was like, well, I'll just get it from the library when it's in a trade, instead of trying to track down the rest of these issues. Um, and, uh, it's really, it's really, really good. Um, if you like Sabretooth, Sabretooth, like, 
does some really cool things in it. Um, I mean, if <laughs> if you don't like Sabretooth, why are you reading this? <laughs> if you don't like Sabretooth, why are you reading this? It's, it seems weird. Um, I was uh, I was very excited that I had it because my friend who um, is visiting me uh, loves Sabretooth. It's like their absolute favorite like X Men character, and they were talking about how you know they were like thought Sabretooth was, like, so cool as a kid, and then they were talking to their friend about superheroes, and their friend was like, isn't Sabretooth, like, su- like super evil? And they were like, oh, no, yeah, like, he's just the worst. <laughs> um, And I think this does a good job of making Sabretooth um, just a horrible, horrible, nasty bastard man, <laughs> while also being, like... Very compelling. While also being very compelling. And being like, maybe even the worst guy you know should not be in hell prison forever. <laughs> that is a good point. Um, so it's, it's very cool. It's very well written. It has a lot of uh, compelling ideas, both like about, you know, prison um, and... <laughs> <laughs> some abolitionist is just like Psst. hey come here kid hey what if prison is bad hey listen listen i'm gonna tell you this through the form of a, a, a comics allegory um prison <laughs> but uh prison might be bad yes <laughs> also in like addition to the you know real world implications it's also pretty neat as you know an entry into the kind of krakoa canon um to be like some stuff on this island does suck (laughs) um some stuff is quite bad um and also uh doug is there doug is there (laughs) doug is there um we do always love when doug is there (laughs) we do listen we love to see him. Um, Doug is there. Warlock is there. Um, I love him. 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 Um, but yeah, that that was, um, I think, the only comic I've read this past week. But it was a good one. It's my review. Um, I don't know if anything interesting has been announced recently. Um, Disney fired their CEO last night. I mean, that's not really relevant to comic books, but it has been on my mind all day, so. I mean, hey, Disney, Marvel canon, uh-huh. it, it's tangential. Yeah, it ties, it ties back together somehow. Um, I, yeah, I, I think that's all I wanted to say. Um, hey, thank you, uh, thank you for listening to Capes and Japes with us. If you want to, uh keep up with us and see when we post new episodes um you can find us on twitter tumblr uh instagram and facebook at capes and japes um we have a discord server uh that you are welcome to join uh to come and hang out in uh we talk about comics we talk about plenty of things that aren't comics it's just a cool, fun vibe. 
Um, we talk about we naming our vehicles. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Briar and I are both getting new vehicles at approximately the same time, which is very fun. Um, it, we, we're both very on brand about our, our vehicle naming choices. We really, <laughs> really are. Um, we have an email address. I forgot to mention that. Uh, you can send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. Um, we have a Patreon. If you want to support us on Patreon, um, that would be very, very cool. You can get bonus content. You can watch things with us, help us pick what we talk about. Um, if you can't support us on Patreon, but you still want to support the show, uh, leaving a rating and review is very cool. We love when you do that. Um, telling a friend about the show, if you think they might want to listen to it uh and just coming back and joining us so thank you uh for joining us once again today on capes and japes i have been olivia i have been briar and as always i don't know kiss a ghost thank you <laughs> kiss a ghost steal the ghost powers give the ghost back feminism <clears throat> hashtag girl boss <laughs> hashtag girl boss <laughs>